Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! Hey folks, welcome back to the Culture Jack Podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Masters of the Universe, Revelation. Now, if this is your first time on the show, you might be wondering what on today's episode even is. Well, on today's episode, either Anthony or myself, we kind of pass the baton back and forth. We spend our time covering or talking about a, a show that we're currently watching or a movie that we've just recently watched. And it's like most other review and recap shows where we talk about what happened, what went on, what were the major themes. We talk about uh, maybe what we thought of the show or movie. That's a good thing to know, right? We also talk uh, about any theories or, or conjecture that we might have because we do talk about a lot of that Marvel stuff and a lot of the MCU is kind of intertwined and so it's easy to kind of, you know, play around with the lore a little bit. So that's, that's what the OTE is. Now, if you have never been to this podcast before, this is Culture Jack. Welcome. I'm so happy that I get to be your entry point, perhaps, uh, to the Culture Jack podcast. Uh, we do have several shows that we play every single week. So we've got Monday Madness at the beginning of the week with Anthony. Then we've got the Friday show with myself, you know, talk a little bit about what I want to talk about. Then on today's episode, today on Saturday, we have had it on Wednesday in the past just because some of the shows that we're talking about come out earlier in the week. And so we don't want them to sit stagnant before uh, we get an opportunity to talk about them. And then on Sunday, we have The Weekend Wire, where Anthony talks about movie news, basically, and what's going on in the movie industry. So welcome. We're so glad to have you or have you back. Welcome uh, back in that case. And how rude of me. My name is Dustin. I will be your recap and dissection host today. Now, I know, uh, before we get into it, uh, you should be warned, there will be spoilers for the first episode of Masters of the Universe Revelation. Now, it's been out for, shoot, a week at this point? A little over a week? Was it a week? Yeah, it must have been. Must have been probably a week and a day. And so if you haven't seen it, um, I am going to spoil episode one here. And then later on, I will give you another warning when I'm about to spoil the rest of the show. Uh, and I know for those folks that have been following on today's episode, we started a few months ago doing review episodes for the show Invincible on Amazon. And I know that that's what this should be. Once we got back into regular OTE territory, we should be on the fourth episode of Invincible. So how dare I, the, the sheer audacity of this man to start a new OTE on uh, Masters of the Universe, especially, it, I mean, it's especially Insidious considering this is also an animated show. So it seems like my, my bravado is shining through, but I felt like this is important to talk about because I do not want this show to get canceled. Though, after listening to Kevin Smith, that doesn't seem like a 
doesn't seem like a real possibility right now. But if you took a look at the Internet, you would believe that that is not only possible, but it is also inevitable. There is a, a good deal of controversy going on around Masters of the Universe right now. And I'll talk about that a little bit after I go through the episode. And it may have died down a little bit. It's a week a week later. I've been I have been chomping at the bit to talk about this stuff all week for you. So I'm very excited. If you like rebooted 1980s animated cartoons, buckle up because this is all about He-Man <laughs> and the Masters of the Universe. Um, so what was the original Masters of the Universe? Well, originally, it was a show, a cartoon show developed in the late 80s that was built for the sole purpose of selling these toys, of selling these Mattel toys. Uh, you know, He-Man and Orko and Cringer and Battle Cat and Skeletor and Beast Man. And all of these characters were just put into a show and more characters were created as more toys came out and it, and it turned into this thing. So as a child, this is, and this is why it was important for me to talk about because He-Man is not just another rebooted uh, property. He-Man to me is a big part of my childhood. And so I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit in the show, but it gave me a lot of nostalgia especially in a in a certain couple of couple of parts. And so in my mind as a child I felt like this was an incredible adventure story. I felt like it was a an amazing saga that that really housed some of the most incredible fight scenes that my little child brain had ever seen, but in reality in reality it was a poorly animated cash grab based on uh, the the intended purpose to sell to sell toys, and so I've been hearing about Masters of the Universe Revelation for a, a little bit now. I listened to Kevin Smith's podcast, Fat Man Beyond. Now Kevin Smith is the creative director, the executive producer. He's like the the head guy in charge on this thing, and as he talked about it, what his intentions are for this show was that. It, it the audience is people like me 30 35 year old 38 year old 40 year old uh <laughs> grown men who enjoyed the he-man show so i am the target demographic here uh and his intention was to you know as we watched it as a child and the animation wasn't very good but in our head when it when it beamed through our eyeballs into our uh cerebellum we had these wonderful battles going on, these beautiful images. And he wanted to take that brain picture that we had as a child and translate it into reality onto the screen. And so he had talked about this over and over on his podcast. I'd been following it for a while. And so was no doubt very, very excited for its eventual release, which happened uh, last week. This was not intended to be a reboot either. This was intended to be a continuation of the original story. Now, for those longtime fans of He-Man, if you remember, there wasn't really much story. There wasn't really much stakes other than He-Man uh, fought Skeletor in a different way every week. They had many, many battles, and it always turned out the same way with He-Man besting Skeletor, Skeletor running away, shaking his fist. I'll get you back next time, He-Man. 
Uh, so never, never really any significant story progress was made. And so with this as well, Kevin Smith had designs on changing that, on giving this stakes, on feeding this into a high octane, high emotion ride for all of us to, to, to go on basically. Um, so it was very repetitive. His goal was to, his goal was to change that. And I, I usually do on today's episode, I usually talk very play by play, very, this is what this means. This is what that means. I'm going to, I am going to cover some of the big points, but I want to get more into the controversy on this first episode. I'll be back talking about it again next week. Um, but I want to, I want to focus on kind of some of the themes as well. So again, if you have not seen the first episode of Masters of the Universe Revelation, I advise you to tune out now if you care about spoilers. Otherwise, this will contain spoilers for episode one, The Power of Grayskull, which is about 24, 24 minutes long. So it gave us kind of a animated short at the very beginning, which refreshed us on what the original show was about, you know, Prince Adam got the sword of power from Grayskull. He turned into He-Man. He fought Skeletor. And then, like I said before, Skeletor said, you will rue to see the day and he would escape. And then, then they would fight again over and over and over again. And in listening to, again, Fat Man Beyond, Kevin Smith, I think it was Kevin Smith. It might have been uh, Griffith. I think Griffith was his name. The, the actor who plays Orko in this one uh, talking about that animation was actually from the old toy boxes as well. So the animation that you see at the very beginning of episode one is a complete homage to the toys, which I thought was super cool. But regardless, um, that's the only intro that we get to this show uh, outright. Otherwise, you know, very quick title flash uh, episode title and into the show. There's no regular show intro. So I kind of like that. I do, I do love show intros, and I'm a big anime guy, so watching an anime's opening intro is part and parcel to who I am, but uh, this one, just getting right into the action, is, is good as well. So, in the beginning, the Skeletor has a ruse that he's playing, it's, it, a hooded figure on a horse with two of uh, Skeletor's allies tied up behind the horse being taken to Castle Grayskull, but it turns out that it was all a ruse and the he-man that was riding the horse was actually a robot man and skeletor was one of the one of the captives and and the sorceress came out of the castle and was like oh he-man you got the guys and then they turned on her and started attacking her then we move over to uh, not not castle grayskull but whatever the castle is in eternia the the royal castle i guess where tila who is Man-at-Arms' daughter and captain of the guard in the old show, is being promoted to Man-at-Arms, the title that her father bears. And now this is cool in a couple of ways, because right away, on the onset, we are dispensing with, yes, this is who Tila was, but now this is who Tila is and is becoming. So meanwhile, like at, at Castle Grayskull, stuff is going down. The sorceress has kind of barricaded herself in and Adam at the palace, you know, he man transformed into a, a more meek version of himself. Prince Adam, he gets a, a telepathic call from the sorceress that says, help. Castle Grayskull is under attack. We need your help. 
and uh, so he goes to Man at Arms and he says, "Hey, Man at Arms, we um, we got to go. Grayskull's under attack." And it's funny, my brother pointed this out to me because when Prince Adam goes to Man at Arms and says, "Hey, this is under attack," it's not the usual usual thing that you see, the usual trope that you see in these kinds of cartoons where they go, "I don't believe you. Nothing's happening," and they delay, 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 and then the hero has to has to has to take over. Um, Mark Hamill, by the way is Skeletor in this and he is absolutely amazing very very menacing and he says that he's not after He-Man he's after what the castle Grayskull actually is and it opens up the floor he he pushes something on the floor the floor opens up and a stairway uh, to underneath the castle uh, appears and the illusion of castle Grayskull drops it was a veil it's actually a place called the Hall of Wisdom so already, I, and I don't know if this was introduced in the older He-Man cartoons or in the comics or what have you, um, but again, we're, we're seeing story progression here. We're seeing Skeletor do a thing that has surprised the sorceress. He's gotten into the castle and he's going underneath. Now, as we get back to the, the castle, you know, Adam's... Uh, or <laughs> not Adam man at arms sees Tila who's leading the army over to Grayskull and he's he's proud and the king says something very demeaning to Adam he's like that's parental pride Adam it's not something you'd know about so he's not proud of Adam right away uh, unbeknownst to him Adam is he-man and so the king and queen are ushered into into safety along with the rest of the royal court that needs protecting and Adam closes the doors. He gets out the, the power sword and he does it, man. Oh, he holds it up to the sky and he says, by the power of Grayskull, I have the power. And then the, the, the flash uh, comes down and he's, he's absorbed by power and he, he turns from meek little Adam into heroic, strong He-Man. He takes his power sword and he points it at Cringer, who's running away like he did in the old cartoons, if you remember. And he turns him into Battle Cat. Uh, Cringer's actually played by the guy who played the boss on news radio back in the day for the old the old fans of that. And who is Tila? Tila is played by Sarah Michelle Gellar. And Man at Arms is played by uh, Liam, Liam something. I can't remember his name. He played uh, Davos in Game of Thrones. So... Uh, oh, and then oh, I won't. Her character hasn't been introduced yet. So, anyway, Orko teleports to Grayskull to help out the sorceress. And previously, he was at the castle doing parlor tricks that didn't work. Like you know, in classic Orko fashion, he even trapped Cringer in a bubble, and Cringer was suffocating in there before Prince Adam popped it. Ah. Uh, so he goes uh, to Grayskull and he fights a sorceress named Evil Lynn. And they're having a like a sorcerer's battle, kind of. Uh, Evil Lynn is actually played by Lena Headey, who played Cersei on Game of Thrones. So a lot of big names in this show. Like it's a very star-studded cast and it is voiced incredibly. Uh, so then, let's see... Uh, Oh, yeah, Man, Man at Arms uh, is Davos from Game of Thrones. Um, 
there was a huge cast of characters in the He-Man series, and I don't think I realized it as a child, but throughout these first five episodes, there are so many callbacks to the characters of the He-Man series that I was like, God dang, this has got a sprawling cast. Um, so under the castle, under Castle Grayskull, is the heart of Eternia, so it would appear. You know, uh, Skeletor goes down there and he says, I'm not here for He-Man, I'm here for the heart of Eternia. And uh, then Mossman, uh, who apparently was a character, I didn't remember Mossman at all, but he comes out, there's all these vines down there in the bottom in the basement of, of Grayskull, and he comes out, out of these vines and he's a big tree guy and he grabs Skeletor and Skeletor turns his staff on him and lights him up. He, he, he sets a flamethrower on this dude and he burns him to a crisp. So again, there's that theme that they've already started with that there are stakes to this He-Man world. This is not the same repetitive, I'll get you next time, He-Man, curse you. This is a He-Man that has, I mean, it's it's got stakes, it's got... Um, High drama, high tension. I, I don't know what I was trying to say. Uh, so anyway, the animation really turns up on these action scenes. Uh, when they are fighting, and I've talked about this animation style before, and it must be one that's used in popular animated media because Castlevania, Invincible, uh, what are the other ones? Those types of animations, this one included, when it, they're talking, when they're having conversation, well, it's it's pretty dull. But then when the fights turn up, that's when they turn on those animation animation dollars, or so it seems. But the fights are very, very good. It's a very different show where death is a very real possibility. And so He-Man's down there. He sees Mossman get burned or something along those lines. He, gets, he, he rages out. Skeletor is leaning on this triangular heart of eternity thing that has a very obvious slit for a sword and he-man takes that sword and he plunges it into skeletor's belly and skeletor's like that's what i wanted or something along those lines he take he grabs the hilt of the sword and he plunges it in deeper turns out he-man has just unlocked this little pyramid thing in the in the bottom of castle grayskull and it opens up and there is a there's like an orb that's got all the power of Eternia. And so Skeletor goes, now it's mine. This is what I was after. And he takes his, his staff and he, he cracks it with his little skull-headed staff. And man, this concussive blast just starts coming out. At that point, the sorceress, she freezes time. So everyone freezes except for Tila and He-Man and of course her. And He-Man says, can you contain the blast? And she says, no, it's going to destroy all of it, Eternia. And <clears throat> He-Man says, maybe I, can, maybe I can contain it if I call upon the, the power of Grayskull while I am already in this superpowered form. And she's like, I don't know what that'll do. And He-Man says, by the power of Grayskull. And he's holding the sword up, which splits into two swords that he is then able to absorb this blast with. But as he's absorbing the blast with these two swords, these really cool-looking swords too, by the way, uh, he reverts back to his more meek state as Prince Adam. This, uh, Tila sees this, and she realizes that Adam has been He-Man this whole time. 
And that is going to, I mean, that fact, that realization by Tila is going to set up the whole of the rest of the show or the rest of this first part of the show. Anyway, I haven't seen the second part. I'd love to Kevin Smith, send me a copy of the second part. I will review it for you uh, beforehand. I won't tell anybody your secret though. Uh, so he's holding up these swords of power. He turns back into Adam and then boom, Adam is gone and Skeletor is gone. And there's just a, a little explosion mark on the ground where they both, they both were. Fast forward over to back to the castle. The king and the queen are very excited that Skeletor has finally been vanquished, though upset that they lost He-Man. And it's, it's a very, very sad scene because the queen knew that Adam was He-Man. And she's like, we didn't just lose He-Man. We lost the son as well. And he's like, what do you mean? No one told me. And Man-at-Arms is like, I'm sorry you had to find out like this. And he's like, that's it, Man-at-Arms. You're banished. Tila, take him away. And Tila's like, you know what? Peace out. Fuck this shit. I'm done. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not going to deal with this. And she throws off her little uh, tiara and she walks out as well. Boom. End of the first episode. He-Man is dead. Skeletor is dead. Tila has quit. Man-at-Arms has been banished. However, there's seemingly peace, though, now, because Skeletor was finally vanquished. And that's the end of episode one. All right, so so really good first episode overall. Uh, it, it was very surprising, very jarring, that they killed off He-Man and Skeletor in the first episode. But like Kevin Smith had been saying on his podcast, there are stakes to this show. And, and to me, really, see, having seen the first five episodes, the stakes don't get really real until episode number five. But that kill-off, that, that death of He-Man is what is behind the controversy surrounding the entire show. Or, I mean, partially. So I, I am going to get into spoilers for the other four episodes here. So if you, if you didn't see those yet, you can tune out now. If all you've seen is episode one and you want to wait to listen to this until you've seen spoilers or until you've seen episodes uh, two through, through five, um, tune out now, come back. Uh, so later in the show, this is the big spoiler here. So I give it another couple beats. One, two, okay, that's enough. So later in the show, they find Prince Adam in heaven uh, or in this versions uh, of heaven preternia um, and they find a way to bring him back but when he comes back effectively he cannot go back to heaven once he's done so in this world in eternia all the people who have carried the title of champion of grayskull have gone to what is basically He-Man heaven. There's just a bunch of burly dudes up in heaven. And he decides to go back with the heroes to fight the good fight, to return magic to Eternia. But when he does that, he is told, if you leave this one time, you can never come back here to this paradise. You are effectively sacrificing your paradise for these people, for your land. And so he does. And he goes back as Adam. And when he goes back as Adam, they go back to Castle Grayskull. 
And then right as he decides to summon the power of Grayskull, he <clears throat> he lifts up the sword and he says, by the power of Grayskull, he gets stabbed right through the belly. I won't tell you by who. That's not Im- not important. Um, but even in the, the commentary episode, because they had a episode number six, which was commentary by Kevin Smith and the actors who played uh, all the characters on the show. He says that he killed He-Man twice. And if you've listened to, to Kevin Smith before, you'll know that he is a, a, a showman, man. He likes to exaggerate. He loves the work that he does, especially in this world of comic books, cartoons, action heroes, superheroes, that sort of thing. And so he said, we, we killed He-Man. Not only did we kill him once, but we killed him, killed him twice. And now in the, lis- in the listening uh, to, to Fat Man Beyond... The hype, the buildup for the show has been awesome. Early on, though, there were leaks that this show was not He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. It was like the Tila show. It was Tila and the Masters of the uni- Universe. Um, there's a content creator out there, uh, a YouTuber named Clownfish TV, who reported on these leaks. And for months, Kevin Smith has been refuting the leak, saying it is definitely a He-Man show. So He-Man's two-episode appearance feels like maybe Kevin Smith was a little bit disingenuous with that assertion. Like, you lied to us, Kevin Smith. You're a terrible, terrible person. You have to apologize to Clown Smith, Clown Smith, Clownfish TV, because Clownfish was the one that reported it was the Tila show, and Kevin Smith denied that rumor. However... Tila was very prominently featured in the first five episodes, which I don't necessarily think means that uh, Kevin Smith was lying. However, it is, it is she is very prominently, prominently leaked. So I, I wanted to give you an idea of the kind of attention that Kevin Smith has been getting online. So after the show aired, it aired to a very positive critical reception. Uh, it, it had like a 90 some odd percent on Rotten Tomatoes for the critic score. For the audience score, it was what they call review bombed. A lot of people going on negatively to talk about it. And the score is at like 43 percent or something. The last time I checked which is certified rotten on that on that aggregate website, I believe. So Kevin Smith goes on to make a make a tweet that says this is actually kind of flattering. Both the boys and Captain Marvel went through this too, so I'm in good company. The review bombing is transparent, so luckily it's not going to trip us up. But do you know what can trip us up? My untied Puma Skeletor sneakers from Foot Locker. And he's got a picture of these Skeletor sneakers. Uh, And this was in response, this was a quote tweet from Uproxx that says, Masters of the Universe Revelation is being review bombed despite an overwhelmingly fresh Rotten Tomatoes rating. Uh, So, (laughs) let's see, let's get into some of these tweet replies here. Okay, so uh, we got one from at DreOutlaw04, who says, What sense does it make for Tila to get upset about not knowing Adam's secret when her secret was she's the daughter of the sorceress. Now, not only that, in terms of Skeletor getting the sword and being able to use it, that has already been covered in the actual series. Uh, it looks like he goes on here, but I'm not going to 
Not going to continue. Uh, Napoleon Solo says, you can play semantics all day long, but in the end, at that, Kevin Smith lied. Bottom line, you can't ever satisfy everyone, but at least you can be honest. Let's see. Uh, I thought this series was for the fans. Now we get that it's for Kevin Smith's ego. Really hope that Netflix spends his money for something really fun and not part two of your ego-building series. Now, I'm not going to go too much into Kevin Smith's response to this response to his show, uh, but he did talk about it at length on his podcast, Fat Man Beyond. So if you want to check that out, he gives some really good examples and dare I say maybe even spoils a little bit of part two. As to this tweeter's comment, part two of the series is already done, brother. He doesn't have to worry about getting it renewed. They built the whole series as one, and Netflix chose to split it into two parts. Uh, let's see what else we have. Uh, my dude, woman here. Rotten Tomatoes main scores from critics who are not your audience. Your audience is unhappy. I'm pretty sure you didn't make this show for critics who can be paid off and don't actually care about your content. The people you made it for are hurt. Now, the, the, the comments go on and on. Oh, this one says great story, deeper character development. That's good. This guy says, I was excited for Motu Revelation. Sadly, it was nothing I hoped for unless disliked the animation style and changes made the original is classic. Gone were adrenaline-fueled feelings of old. Instead, I was left not caring at all. Motu without He-Man or its charm of old. Thumbs down. Uh, you are not just a liar, but also want to play the victim. We're not review bombing, giving honest feedback. Had it actually been good, you'd have been showered with praise instead. Instead, you mock the fans, then shill for Foot Locker. Okay, all right, I'm done, done reading those quotes, but you get the point. There's a lot of people that are unhappy right now with this iteration of He-Man. And he, he dies in the first episode, but he's found in Preternia, in heaven. He gives up his spot at the table to live again. But if he dies again, he is going, <laughs> he's, go he's just dead. He's not going back to Preternia, wherever he's going. So <clears throat> the thing about that is people are upset that he was stabbed in the first episode and killed. People are upset that he was brought back and stabbed again as Skeletor gains the power of the universe. But to me, to me, I, I mean, I was a little bit taken aback by it first. That's sure. But to me... It seems like it is the first part here that we just saw is much more of a setup for the second part and hopefully the continued seasons of it. I think it'll do well. I, it's based on view time. It's not based on audience review critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, which Kevin Smith says in his podcast. A very good, very good podcast explanation of the whole situation over there if you don't want to listen to me ramble about it. But what it does, it's giving me these, these major Infinity War vibes. So had Infinity War come out and people reacted, what the hell? All the heroes died? These aren't the heroes I knew. This isn't the comic I knew. But we all knew, collectively it seemed, that we were going to wait a year and then we were going to see the heroes come save the day. I don't understand for a show that a part two has already been announced and finished and is airing later this year in December, I believe, 
that for a show like that, we do not collectively have the same wherewithal to go, okay, this is a cliffhanger, a good cliffhanger, a cliffhanger that makes us go, wow, that's amazing. What a, what a tense moment for a couple of months. And I assume that the He-Man fans are all part of the same nerd culture that were so involved in the Avengers movies, Infinity War and Endgame. Maybe not. Maybe I'm a fool for thinking as such. This seems like a lot of viral attention. Even bad attention could lead to a He-Man comeback and and redemption for the show. So I am not convinced that all of these people, if they are fans of the show and they see part two where He-Man, now if he dies, he's dead. He's not going back to heaven. They see him fighting with those stakes against a Skeletor who has gained the, past, the, the, the power of Grayskull, that has gained the sword of power. I think that that is a show worth watching and a show that we are going to get in just a few short months. So I would like to remind everyone to hold their temper, to hold their, their very specific criticism of this show until they've seen the entire show or at least the entire first season because, because we haven't yet. Now, this show means a lot to me, or at least the old show did. But this one, when he said, by the power of Grayskull, I have the power and held the sword up, I legitimately got goosebumps. It brought me right back to that kid on a Saturday morning eating cereal and watching He-Man. Give it a chance. Check it out. If you have not seen it yet, I don't know why you've made it this far, because this has just spoiled the, the whole first part for you. Let me know what you think of the first season. Does it feel like PC culture gone too far, replacing a beloved hero with an unproven female protagonist? Which is what a lot of the comments were as well. They, they were really mad that Tila was basically the star of the show. And don't get me wrong, I have my problems with Tila as well. Her motivations throughout this entire first part seemed very petty and stupid. She was so mad at He-Man, even after he died, even after she was reunited with him in heaven, she was still pissed that he he kept a secret from her. After he had also saved motherfucking Eternia with splitting the the power sword in half and calling on the power of Grayskull again. She had some weird motivations, don't get me wrong. Or... Does this feel like a dramatic cliffhanger that we are about to get the most explosive second part to what I hope will be the the most genre-defining version of He-Man that we've ever gotten? I feel like this one is important to talk about so it doesn't get canceled based on this gut reaction. We will go back to Invincible. That's going to be it for our Masters of the Universe Revelation Episode 1. We will get back to Invincible, though, before Season 2 of that. But I am going to go through this whole whole He-Man thing because I really am enjoying it. Well, we do have other On Today episodes that we've recorded already. We've done WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, a couple episodes of Invincible, Black Widow, Loki, We've got some coming up as well. Uh, Anthony's going to be covering the What If series from Marvel. I watched Space Jam A New Legacy and I want to do one on that. But what would you like to see? Are there uh, shows or movies that you think 
you would like to listen to us talk about a little bit? Would you like to hear about Castlevania, The Boys, Utopia, Chainsaw Man? You can get a hold of us on Facebook or Twitter at CultureJacked. You can also send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. Leave us a review if you'd be so kind. If you want He-Man to come back triumphantly, leave us a review. If you want Skeletor to continue holding the sword of power and win, don't leave us a review. I think I know what you I think I know what you'll do. I think I know what the right thing is to do. You can tune into our other shows uh, over the weekend, um, then back to start off on your Monday and on Friday again with the finest that the internet has to offer here on Culture Jack. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you on the next episode.